All right, so good afternoon, everyone. Um, it's so great to be here. We're having the second session on Daring to Build for Series 2. And we have with us Toluani Elemoshaw, who has been invited to give us the underlying mechanics behind the narrative of building in an enabling environment and in an unenabling environment. Um, so great to have you here, Tolu. And um, you know, it's, it's, I'm looking forward to an exciting conversation because you have one of those rare stories where you built in an environment such as OAU, and then now you're building another startup in Estonia where it's, you know, it's better. The narrative is better. The environment for, for innovation is, is, is quite better, right? So first thing I want to, 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 to just get to know you um you know how how was how was the experience so just tell us you know as i said these conversations will be in four phases um we're going to have the trivia where we just get to know who you are beyond what is on linkedin or what is online um then secondly we're going to have the discourse then we're going to have um, a strategy or clarity session and then finally we'll have the forum where we discuss the one action plan that we are going to take from here and start to work on as an undergraduate community. So first off, um, how was building your first startup in university and your first startup right there in Estonia? So just tell us the two stories and do a little comparison between both. Great to have you around. Yeah, thank you for having me, but uh, yeah, it's great to be here finally. Um, yeah, my startup journey in OAU, um, like I said uh, earlier, that it started with um, it started with um, that curiosity, you know, that willingness to you know make a change in my community, in my immediate community. I've always had that goal and that vision to change the world. So I thought, well, um, you can't change the world if you cannot change your world. You have to start from you know, your immediate environment. And so it all started. Yeah. And um, we evolved OE Markets. The startup name was oemarkets.com. Yes. So it was just um, connecting buyers and sellers. We noticed the problem that people um, go on Fatchboard to write, I, am, I want to sell um, a phone or I want to sell a laptop. So we thought, okay, rather than walking from your hostel or from wherever you are, so that fudge board, you know, to write, why not do it in the comfort of your um, home? Okay, sorry. So let me help, let me help clarify, right? For people who don't understand okay. what the fudge, what a fudge board is. Fudge oh, okay. is, is the short form of a hostel we call Fudge Hostel, right? And in all of our hostels in Obafemi University, we used to have these wooden boards where we are normally supposed to just post um, relevant information, but people started having needs to connect with, um, you know, to sell, to buy, to, to connect with people. So people started using these boards as advertisement boards, right? So that's what they call fudge boards. So every week, um, during the week, you can just go to a fudge board. You want to buy a phone, and somebody has posted his contacts for you to buy a phone. You want to even buy somebody else's room or a room space, right? You can get it on fudge board. So that's what it means by fudge board. So please continue. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, in fact, people come all the way from town, you know, to Fatchboard, and you can imagine the distance from town outside campus to, to so we thought, okay, we could, why not create um, a solution where you can just um, use from the comfort of your home and um, 
talk to, have access to you know, the old market and just a way of bringing the old community in, on one platform. So yeah, we, we started, it, it, like I said, it was just um, something I wanted. I never even thought of, you know, um, giving it, like I never thought of making profits from, from, from the old business. So um, I just did it for fun and it got a lot of traction. People liked it. People liked the idea. And uh, as time went on, I thought well, we could make money from this stuff. So we started with um, charging people to advertise on the platform. But that really didn't work well. That really didn't work well because there was no returning customers. Um, so we decided to evolve our business model to um, getting commission from you know, buyers and sellers from that transaction, you know, you just take your commission from it. And that worked well, that, that worked well. So we evolved into selling actual products. So it moved from connecting buyers and sellers to selling actual products. Um, basically, that's the summary of, you know, how the Uluwe market went. So coming to Estonia, um, yeah, I think the, Startup ecosystem in OAU, not in Nigeria now, OAU is kind of similar to the startup ecosystem in Estonia. Um, I can say, I can actually put that to um, the, the population. Wait, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I want you to say, that is a very exciting thing to note. So you're saying the ecosystem, not in Nigeria, but in OAU that you experienced can be likened to what you're getting in Estonia. Yes, yes, yes. Wow, that's, that's brilliant. I'm going to ask a question about that uh, after you're done with this session. <laughs> okay, that, that's fine. Um, so uh, I, I can attribute that to um, the population. Um, OAU community is a closed community. I mean, you have access to everyone. Everyone can be um, on, on a platform. If you post something online, you can be sure that a huge percentage of you know the population would get what you what, what um, whatever you post online and same thing here um, in Estonia uh, it's a tech every it's a tech community so most of the activities happens online yeah so I can be sure that if I post anything on a particular um, group on Facebook a lot of people will see it yeah so it was easy to reach the market. Um, in OEU, it was really easy to reach them. Um, we had a group, I don't know if it still exists. We had um, a student union group page where you can just post something and you know, a lot of people see. The same thing here. Um, African, Africans here have a group page where you are sure that if you post anything, everybody would see it like, not, if not everybody, it's like 80% of um, the people here. And also, um, it's similar in that, uh, and I think this has to do with all ecosystem, where if you want to create a solution, it starts by asking the right questions or identifying a problem and trying to solve it during market research. So um, it's the same thing here, just as it's, it is in OAU. And also, um, because I'm in a student environment, yeah, opportunities, trying to get um, opportunities um, is 
basically similar to that of OEU community. You, know, you have access to um, venues, you have access to facilities, you have access to you know, your, your, your peers, a community, you know, it's kind of similar. So um, I can say that um, the difference is here is that because of the, um, okay, I'm an expert here, I'm an international student, so it's difficult to integrate into their main system. Like, I mean, the core OU, I mean, the core Estonian um, community. I remember at a time where I wanted to join a club, it was difficult because I didn't understand Estonian and that club was Estonian speaking. Yeah, so um, the difference is um, basically that integration into the communities, the core, I mean, the core communities, Estonian communities. And that, you can attribute that to the, um, language barrier, unlike in OAU, where you can join anything as, as long as you have that passion and that willingness to, you can join any club. Also, another difference is um, there is um, a bridge between the community, I mean, the work workplace and the, um, the students' community. Yeah. Um, I can say that every student here, you have access to work. In fact, most students I know, they work full time. You get unlike in OEU where you are kind of um, you only get to work full time when you finish university or something. Everyone here works. You are working full time, so there is that connection between the school system, yeah, and the um, outside world. Okay. As a student, you can also be working professionally, like you're working professionally. You understand what I mean? I guess that's another difference you can, um, you can point out. Yeah? And also, um, here you have, you have um, a, like an enabling environment whereby um, people invest in ideas, people invest, not necessarily for the profit, but for you know, um, for the fun of it, because they understand that in the long run, um, in the long run, people, in the long run, it will be profitable. Like it's profitable for them. So you have government agencies sponsoring hackathons, you know, companies around sponsoring hackathons, students hackathons, and you know, there's just that bridge between the students' community and the the work workplace, the professional, um, um, the workplace, you understand what I mean? So those are the things I feel, like those are the differences I feel um, that are there in both the OEU community and the, unlike in Nigerian community, you, know, you don't have access. <laughs> I don't know if, it, if it's different now, but when I was in Nigeria, you don't have access to that outside world. You are just within your school, your school community. Um, it's too difficult, and you cannot be a full-time student in Nigeria. I mean, a full-time worker while studying in Nigeria. You have to wait till you graduate, you know, before you start looking for a job and all that. And also, here, nobody asks you for your certificates. 
nobody asked for your certificate. I've had, I've done like about two jobs here now, and not for once someone asked that, um, okay, we want to see your certificate or where you graduated from. They care more about what you can do, what you can do. Nobody cares about yourself. So those are the differences you know, between the Nigerian the OEU ecosystem and uh, the Estonian ecosystem. Yeah. Uh, awesome, awesome. Thank you for that expose. Um, listening to that is really, is really interesting, right? And we can see the power of enabling environments and the difference it can cause on the realities of students uh, that are venturing into, you know, innovating to solve their local problems, right? Um, we've come to the, first, the end of the first phase, but you know, in the article, we talked about um, the first wave, um, the eight stages of development, and then we ended the conversation on enabling environments, which we've already clearly discussed, right? So let's move into the next phase where we're having a discourse, right? So what do you think are the biggest barriers that you've noticed in between these two environments, and how do you think um, they can be addressed? But also with that um, response, can you just uh, quickly highlight what was your first wave experience um, you know, within your time that also now happens to share the same time with when you were inspired to start building uh, the solution that you built while you were in Nigeria? Oh, okay. Uh, my first wave experience was basically out of uh, curiosity, out of, you know, the desire to create, not necessarily um, out of uh, survival or something, but it was just to, the desire to, you know, create something. And it started with boredom, you know, we had uh, a long strike, six month strike then, and I was just bored at home. I, I didn't know what to do. I thought, oh, wow, I love programming, I love technology, and all. why not find a solution? Yeah, so I started asking the right questions, like you said in your article, like asking the right questions. Why not, why do you have to go to fast board to write, um, um, to write that you want to sell something when you can do this in, in the comfort of your um, home. Yeah, so I, my, my first wave started, you know, out of curiosity. Yeah. So I moved to implementation, yeah, trying to find out if someone would, or people would use it, asking questions. Um, also, I remember creating the first version, that's like, an, uh, like the MVP version, and people loved it online. In fact, before we resumed, I started promoting it on you know, um, Facebook groups and all that. And people really loved the idea. And that gave me that motivation to, to do this, to want to do, do, do it. So by the time school resumed, the platform already gained traction. You know, people already knew about it. So it was just for me to continue. Yeah. yeah. So um, while doing it, let me talk about the challenges. You know, while you know, trying to build this stuff, trying to scale the um, solution, um, I had issue of like capital. Yeah, I wanted to stock um, phones, products, and all that, but I, I didn't have the capital, right? So um, also, I had issue of you know getting um, more customers. Yeah, but because you can easily reach a lot of people through targeted you know, um, communities like fellowships, like um, clubs, 
I was in quite a number of clubs. I was in IEEE, I was in SAIF, now in Aftos, yeah. So I was able to penetrate into that um, audience. Yeah. So that's the, power, that's the power of communities, very important yeah. to this ecosystem. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I'm really excited that we'll be having someone just discussing communities uh, on Friday. His name is Kelvin Imetriku, so um, that's going to be another exciting uh, session. So please continue. Yeah. So um, another challenge was um, to mobilize um, the team. You understand that building a business <laughs> is really about the team, teamwork, and all that. So that was um, one big challenge I faced. I remember going to some guys, the guys up there at that time, computer science guys and all that, man, I was rejected. <laughs> so one of the ways I saw that was you know, going for the humble ones. Um, I had also leveraging personal relationships. There are people that you know personally that can help you. I feel you don't have to go up there. You know, there are people within your reach, people that you can easily, um, as I I was telling these guys yesterday that the name oeumarket.com, I didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't give it that name. It was my friend, a friend of mine that, you know, and the initial designs, advertisements and all that, I didn't do, I didn't do. Even the name College Mall, College Mall, I didn't give it that name. Like, my friend, Ayo Pachimala, is here right here in Estonia. He was the one that gave it. So, leveraging your immediate circuit to achieve what you want to achieve not necessarily looking up there and that takes me to um a strategy in amazon i don't know if you've heard it they got they call it the gazelle project or something um that was um a strategy to you know get more publishers into uh, amazon that's it goes does like look for the weakest you know like sick cheaters i mean a cheater looks for the Sick gazelle, you understand? The weakest, they go for the weakest because those are the people that you know you can reach. Those are the people that need you, not necessarily those that do not need you. So I was able to solve that problem of mobilizing my team by leveraging you know, the people that um, need our solution. Yeah, um, the people that I can reach, the people I can easily talk to, and not necessarily those up there. Yeah, yeah and. Um, also, not being afraid of you know, partnering with other, other guys, with my friends and all that. So um, also, another challenge um, is trying to balance my academics. At the time, my academics were suffering, yeah? Um, trying to balance the business with my academics. And the way I saw that was um, to spend at least one to two hours on my academics every day, every day. So that ha- has a compound effect you know, that eventually at the end of the semester, I'm not you know, lagging behind them. I'm trying to balance academics and work. I also changed my department. Like I said, I changed my department yeah, from agri-economics to market consumer sciences. It was easier for me to you know, cope with that department. And um, yeah, I guess those are basically the... Also, yeah, I remember I had this problem of transition. Yeah, and um, 
that was really because after my after I graduated, I I was I I, I was um, posted to Kano for youth service. So there was a problem of you know transition. Eventually, I was able to transfer the um, the business to someone, but unfortunately, the person didn't transfer the business to <laughs> another person. You get so. Um, I think if you ask me what I could have done better, is to pay attention to you know, transferring the business to uh, the right person. That's very, very, very important. But I eventually came back to OEU and fixed that anyways. So those are like the challenges that I feel that, um, and here in Estonia, yeah, um, basically, I've not really had you know, a challenge because everything is just set. I had the experience from OE, the um, um, and basic amenities are here, electricity and every other thing. So I really cannot say you know, this is the challenge that's uh, the solution I built here was just past the prototype stage. Like the MVP stage, yeah. Um, yeah. So we are moving to to um, to scaling, yeah. And so far, I've not really had any challenges. It has just been support and all that. I got the right people, the right people to work with, and everything has just been good so far. Wow, that's 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 very it's very clear to see the difference between an enabling and non-enabling environment from your conversation. That was really exciting, right? So let's jump into yeah. um the next conversation, which is how do you think that um young people like now you know we have leaders across different universities in Nigeria on the program, and how do you think we can contribute to making sure that every university is like your current experience in Estonia? How can we make our universities more um, like an enabling environment for people who want to be value creators in their universities. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I guess I'm not talking to like the the government <laughs> because um, everything I'm going, to, everything I'm going, to, everything that can, or not everything, but um, one major factor is having a, a responsible government. But since I'm not talking to government, I'll just leave that aside and focus on the people, um, the people we have, the leaders we have here right now. Um, man, you cannot depend on your, um, you have no excuse. You cannot depend on um, the government or the external condition to, to, you know, to be successful. You just have to do it irrespective of whatever that you're facing. There are different um, approaches to, to getting you know, things done, you understand? Um, first, you have to, how should I put it? Like, you have to do it for yourself. You've got to just do it for yourself. Um, everything revolves around grit and trying to beat the hood. Um, you get the the system is not um, enabling like electricity and all that factors as social amenities and all that. But I don't know. It just has to come from within. 
you have to just you know try to beat the odds and look beyond the challenges yeah like i said most of the problem or most of the challenges you face has to do with or will be solved with your determination and your grades. I can give you examples. Um, my, I, I, when I was in OE, I, I have a friend. I had a friend that um, we were doing business together, and this guy at that point we were already shipping, importing goods, items from um, from the US into Nigeria. And that time, um, BlackBerry was in vogue. Yeah, um, my friend ordered about sixty pieces of. Blackberry Q10. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Blackberry. Blackberry Q10, 60 pieces. What about you know millions? Yeah. And when this when the Blackberry came, the guy realized that they had no SIM. Um, you know these CDMA phones. It's not possible to 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 return them. That's like a big loss. You understand? That itself is discouraging. The guy lost, the guy sold his car because of that and all that. And I can tell you right now that this happened about four years ago or so. This guy right now is like one of the top retailers in the OE community. So um, all the problems you're going to be facing, everything can be solved with you know, that determination, that um, mindset that may I'm doing it for myself. I'm doing it for the next generation. You know, but you talk about changing the narrative and um, just trying to change the narrative. Why you challenge the you, you challenge the norm and all that? But there are a lot of um, because number one, if you don't, the current like the current school system would not help you achieve anything. Yeah, you can be good academically. You can cram. You can pass and all that, but the um, reality out there is way, way different, yeah? For instance, the current school system will teach you that you don't, make, you don't make mistakes, like it's either pass or fail, pass or fail. But out there, mistakes is what makes you successful, like, you understand? So um, if I, I can take you back to the before 19th century, the 19th century, this current school system did not exist at that point in time. Yeah, it was it was um, the current school system came as a result to fix the industrial um, what's called era to fix the labor shortage. Yeah, the industrial crisis. Yeah, exactly. So now we are way beyond that era. Yeah, we are now in the information era. So that cannot really work. That system, if it doesn't evolve, cannot really work in our, our era. So it's just way, 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 way beyond. Um, um, it's, it's, you cannot survive just focusing on your academic. Academics is good and fine. You should pass your exams and all that. But honestly, with the way the world is going right now, you cannot survive. So you either have um, you have an option either to um, be successful or not to be successful. And to be successful means you have to uh, you have to evolve from that school system. You have to teach yourself. Since your school system, the, the system around you is not teaching you, you have to just teach yourself. And one of the ways to 
really teach yourself to really challenge, you know, is to build stuff. Just build stuff, you know. So I'll just advise that you guys should look above the barrier you're facing. I've been in Nigeria and I'm out of Nigeria. I know, like, the difference, yeah? There is a big, huge barrier in starting a business in Nigeria. But you guys can leverage the opportunity of being in the community, on the campus. Yeah, there are a lot of advantage. Number one, the cost of space is very, very affordable. I think I rented my, my office then for 30K or so, 30,000 per year. You can't get that price anywhere outside <laughs> yet. So you have exactly. Um, people. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You, you have people, you have, um, you have people that can help you. You have the community, you have the market. The market uh, is easily accessible. You get, it's way, way different from um, outside. Outside, you know, imagine you're doing business in Kedja. Would you want to target? It's more expensive to do marketing and all that. But in OE community, just posting on student union group, you are reaching you know, your market and all that. So you guys should take advantage of the fact that you are in OEU, like you are in that student community. Yeah. And um, also, market, like I said, like you have access to mentorship. Yeah, you have access to volunteers. You can just easily post on social media that you want someone to volunteer for, for you on something. And you see a lot of people that wants to do that. Yeah. So those are the ways you can you know, leverage the opportunities around the campus community. Yeah, and um, it's the best place to start. Most of the guys doing well right now in the startup community started from their um, school started from their school yeah from their campus yeah look at Batel now is you know, organizing this you know, great awesome um initiative and it started from i i i was there yeah it started from <laughs> from campus you know a lot of people pastor tayo actually a lot of people that i know um what was this guy this jobberman guys a lot of them started on campus yeah. so campus is the best way the best place there's no place better than the campus community. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. I, I love, I love that you said it with your chest and with that much confidence because, you know, <laughs> yeah. I've been speaking to a lot of investors, right? And they always mention two problems, right? Um, especially I was even speaking to one yesterday. And when I, when I told him that, you know, that the Venture Matrix of Future of Africa project actually negotiates that argument, right? That the, the undergraduate community is the best place for us to fix our economy by you know, create an enabling environment for people to build solutions and all of that. And the first question they asked me is, how many of those, how many people have been able to build in that system and is still surviving today, right? And I always, I always respond that, oh, it's because there's no enabling environment. And it says, okay, that I'm mentioning Jobberman and all of that, that, okay, how can, how can we actually persuade investors to see the value within that community? Right. So what, what do you think we could, we could do, you know, as leaders who would be representing these people that are trying to build and all of that, trying to change policies and all of that? How do you think we can sell the narrative that if they can support that our, our undergraduate communities begin to have enabling environments, it will actually be a profitable investment for them? Since you are, you know, in an enabling environment currently, what do you think are the changes we need to make as individuals, you know, and as a community for us to now be investment worthy? 
I hope the question is not too long. I'm confusing. No, no, no. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. Um, okay. I think one of the things that um, we can do yeah, is to, um, to not restrict our market to um, campus and the campus community. We can build stuff from campus community targeting a larger audience. Yes. Yeah. Right. Nice. Yeah. Just, just like building um, Joberman from on campus. Yeah. So um, the OEU community would now be like a Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley of Nigeria. Just like how Silicon Valley, for instance, is impacting the whole world. Yeah. So we are not just restricting our markets to to um, the the OEU community. Okay. Now it's going to be Nigeria, Africa, but from OEU. So we can um, convince the investor by pointing out that the cost of operations in IFE community is way, way lower than anywhere in, in Nigeria. Yeah. Um, I think electricity is cool in IFE. Yeah. So all those factors, electricity, um, the cost of operations and all access, that access to talents, access to access markets. To talent, yeah, aspect, exactly. Yeah, you have like an existing market that you can pilot. You can run your pilot phase, you know, with, and scale from there. So I feel that that's one of the ways we can convince investors to look inwards and invest. All right, awesome, awesome, amazing stuff, amazing stuff, right? Um, so let's go into the strategy sessions. Okay. Right. What are the things that you think are most important to doing as leaders, you know, within undergraduate communities across Nigeria that would convert our and our our communities into an enabling environment for value creation? What practical steps do we have to take? Okay. Yeah. Um well, for for I have to be I have to be um, honest. Yeah, um, there is no yeah. Like I feel um, everything everything because I I just as much as possible trying to avoid talking about you know the government the system and all that. So I'll just divert the whole responsibility to you know, the leaders. Yeah. Um, like it all started with from your article, it started with you know, the first way yeah, and you know, subsequent stages to um, you know, building a vibrant community and ecosystem. Yeah. I, I, I feel everything's still boils down to the students. The students. They, they have to just show that you know, that grit, that that passion to build stuff, and not necessarily to build stuff because um, not necessarily to build stuff and leave it. You know, build stuff and stay with it. So by the time you are leaving, at one point or the other, people will graduate. By the time you are leaving OAU, by the time you are leaving. Um, University system, 
you're going to start another brand. And that was what I did at that point. At that point, you know, when I was leaving OAU, I left OAU market, went to Kano to start BUK market. Then I was serving close to Bayero University, Kano. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually did that. Yeah. So I started BUK market at that point in time. And um, there was a lot of, you know, challenges here and there. And all that. So I had to come back to OAU. Yeah, at that point, something's happened. Well, I don't know if you want me to go to that, but my point, my point is that. Um, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can quickly. You can quickly touch on that. Actually, we still have. Uh, we still have uh, almost thirty minutes to spare. Oh, okay. Yeah, BUK market. The, the market in in BUK was quite different from that of OEU in that um, the, the opportunity was there. The opportunity was there. Unlike OAU, the market was saturated. But in BUK, there was no, the old campus, there was no one selling phone, a single phone on that campus. At that wow. Yes. So the market was just bare and it was a virgin land. That, though, if you want to get a phone or you want to get a gadget, you have to travel like about 45, up to 30 minutes trip to one market there. So the, the opportunity was the, the, the challenge I had then was um, the, you, I needed um, to stock my office. I needed that investment. Unlike in OEU where uh, when someone orders a phone, you can, even if you don't have the products, you can easily go to someone nearby and get a product. You know how they're doing in, in in um, Ikeja or something like that. Ikeja and So you, you can easily do that. But because of the distance of, you know, the student community and this, um, the market, getting a phone, you have to convince them to you know, give you the money so that you can go buy it for them and all that. So the main challenge was investment. You needed to stop the phone. If I had the investment here to stock the phones there, I'll, I'll probably be a billionaire right now. So um, the market was there. But um, after my, my, my youth service, I just thought, man, go water. <laughs> the weather was so, 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 so um, not favorable for me personally. I just left this stuff and I was also planning to travel abroad and all that. So um, it didn't really work out. So back to the question. I feel um, one of the major things we can do is build stuff, not to leave it eventually. Like build stuff to... Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just to clarify. So the only reason why you didn't explore... Um, BUK was because it didn't have an enabling environment, even in even in its faintest form, like in OAU, there was no ecosystem that supported that you could even create and solve problems, right? Yeah, the, of course, the, the only the only um challenge there was we had a lot of calls, we had a lot of people calling to get a phone, but the products were not available. You understand? So the only challenge was the investment. Yeah, you needed to stock your, your office your, with products so that when customers come, they are able to get whatever they want. Yeah. 
So that was the main challenge uh, at the time. Yeah. So not necessarily the environment was there, like it was enabling the market was there, like people actually loved the solution, and but um, there was no investment here. And the system was also um, there was this barrier between, especially when you're coming from you know the southern part of the country. There was this barrier between their main system. You can't even get an investment within the outside community. They would prefer to give their people <laughs> than to give you as an outsider. So it was very, very difficult. You get. And like coming back to what I said earlier, that it is there is that um bridge, there is that um gap between the investment um community, investors and you know the students' community, for instance. So um yeah so that 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 that, that was it that was it basically okay okay uh so thank god for 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 initiatives like this because one major goal of all of this beyond the talk is that we're doing this so that we can have enough data you know to engage investors okay. and say in fact look at now we have to lose in estonia now so assuming this guy had something like you know venture metrics where you could easily access investment. Tolu would have gotten you people money. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so um, on the final note, as we enter the final uh, session, right? Um, what do you think is that one thing that we need to change right now that will radically, um, you know, radically disrupt the current narrative about young people and value creation in, in Africa? What's the one thing we need to change and do right now that will cause the difference and, and create more to lose like you, you know, create more realities like yours in our communities? Yeah. Um, yes. I've, I guess all of your questions, yeah, still just boils down to, you know, that, um, that self-awareness that no one will help you. You just have to help yourself. You just have to help yourself. Yeah. Um, and think of um, starting a business as creating a change, not necessarily creating a, a, a continent. Yeah. Asking the right questions, asking yourself. Beautiful. Yeah. We'll, we'll round up from a question on that. Beautiful. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Asking the right questions, yeah? trying to ask the right questions on, um, trying to ask the right questions, solve a problem around what you love to do. Yeah? Um, try to you know, challenge the norm, solve the problem around what you really, really love to, love to do. Ask the right questions, make market research. I think everything just starts with you know, finding a problem Try to search um, a problem around your community. How are you going to help? Don't just wait. Yeah, there are two options. Yeah, you either be an entrepreneur or you be like um, a, a blue collar you know, um, worker. You understand? Yeah, if even if you want to go on to get a job after school and all that, most jobs right now do not want. Um, they don't care about your degree. They actually care about what you want to do and what you can do 
You understand? And all these things starts with your involvement in communities on campus, like trying to be a leader, yeah, creating a change around you, yeah, and also trying to be like um, a, 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 a problem solver, you understand? Just have to, you have to just take that step, that initiative to you know, push, push and um, be better. Like I said, the current system, the current system cannot help you um, at this point in time. Nobody goes to school just for the, the, the um, degree or anything. The university is chunking out degrees. I think I, I read something like about 500,000 the Nigerian University produces like 500,000 graduates every year. So you are either a part of the problem or <laughs> you are the solution, you understand? You don't want to be part of you know, those 500,000 looking for jobs. You get, you also need job creators. So just look beyond, um, it's just your mindset, everything starts with your mindset. Just look beyond you know, the, the challenges you, know, you have around and, Build a solution, try to create a change around you. And if you think you don't have um, a, a business idea or something, join communities. You can develop yourself within the communities, as in within communities. So our collective actions on all these things would actually bring about um, a vibrant, a vibrant ecosystem in Uruguay. Yeah that investors would, honestly, like you said, the questions they've been asking, like, who has done this, who has done that? Like, we have left, we've done what we can do, and we've left it at um, a particular stage. It's not left for you know, those guys coming up to, to, to continue, yeah, and create that enabling environment, you understand? We already, and I think it's, it's really, really moving it from, the time we were there. The OEU, I, I was, I left Nigeria like um, last year or so, and I was, I, I went to the OEU market and it was so vibrant, not, maybe not so vibrant, but it was, people were coming, you know, it was cool. You know? So it's just for you, if whatever you can do now, if you get an office, after finding a solution, get an office in that OEU market. Having an office there itself is, Marketing, you understand. People pass by and see what you do, you understand, and they approach you. But that's how it all starts. Yeah, I feel that market is um, it, right now. Or that time when I was there, it's more of um, it's more of you know, gadgets, selling food stuff and all that. If guys can come up with you know, solutions, technology solutions, yeah, in that market, yeah, so. Now, um, evolving our markets from, from um, just selling food stuff and all that into creating building solutions, okay? that makes a whole lot of sense. You can create offices, you can create hub. I mean, Wally Music was doing something like that at that time. Yeah? And I, I think right now they have some, um, you know, I don't know, if, if you guys can create innovation um, hubs, you understand? Um, What's called acceleration hubs, all those of like the incubation hubs and all that, where it's cheap to rent um, a shop there, very cheap. Maybe in a year you get 8,000 around also, which is relatively affordable. 
can start something there. The electricity there is okay. Like, it's just awesome. You guys can start something there. And with time, it's just a matter of time. When you start building, um, when, when your solution starts going out there, then people will take notice. In fact, you don't have to be the one begging investors. They will take notice and they'll just jump at you like, I want to invest. So I'm really counting on you guys to make that community yeah, become the innovation center of Nigeria. Yeah, you have access to talent, like Patel said, you have access to, you know, people even love that idea that students are you know, doing this stuff. Yeah, so with time, it's just a matter of time. Um, Yaba, I, I was reading the history of how Yaba started and became what it is today. It didn't, it started bare too, but it was just, you know, guys, people like Boston, guys coming in there to build stuff, you understand, and um, scaling their solution, eventually you know, attracting other, other guys, attracting investors and all that. So we can do that to in OEU. We can do that just um we just need people with that willingness and that passion we're going to face problems honestly i would like to you we face challenges but looking beyond that challenge that no one can help you the system cannot help you you cannot you cannot wait for the government to do stuff for you right now you have to just do it yourself and when you are leaving where you from when you start from where you start from where you start, have the mindset that definitely you're going to leave this place, but you, have, you, have, you also have this mindset that you are leaving it as an entity. You, you, you transfer um, this solution to the next generation, you understand? And by the time you leave, it's still running and it's still vibrant. Um, so I feel that's like the major problem in when people you see people of um, Neonata, you know, all those guys, when they build a solution, they build a solution in OAU and all that, and they leave, the solution dies with them. So we have to really pay attention to that part where people can transfer you know, um, solutions and, and um, make it sustainable. Okay. Okay, thank you so much for those contributions, right? And we'll end, we'll end with this. So in the Venture Matrix for the Future of Africa project, right, we propose yeah. that students, you know, solve their local problems with global solutions, but then they should serve their outside markets first, right? Where you build a solution that directly impacts both your community, your university community, and then the community hosting the university. So for in case of where you it should affect effect so yeah. that we can now have um, a, a replication of that effect on the national economy instead of just building for profit like everybody. So you talked about building for impact, right? So how do you bridge the gap between building for impact and building to generate revenue, right? How do we navigate that bridge between trying to cause an actual change, solving real actual social problems, and then also generating revenue? Because that, that road is a lonely, long road. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is actually. Um, yeah, um, bridging that gap first. Um, um, I guess this has to because to really to really navigate the path, it, it depends. It wholly depends on you know, the stakeholders, um, the investors, and you know, banks and um, government all of that yeah well the way this thing works is that 
the government. And I think it's everywhere in the world, even in the United States, everywhere. Um, you, I, I don't know if you've seen a, a movie like Men Who Built America. It's a series. It didn't say the government who built America. <laughs> yeah, said men who built America. So I feel. Uh, I, I love. I love that. I love that series. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Great point. The government does nothing. They only, um, you only get their attention what you do. <laughs> you understand? And we, you can see that happening in Lagos right now. Uh, they, their highs are now on, you know, Lagos startup and Nigerian startup and all that. They are trying to you know, show interest in all those people. It wasn't like that. Nobody cared about startup technology. But because guys have started doing um, something, then people, um, it naturally attracts them, you understand? So bridging that gap, mm-hmm. is everything depends on um, the students, the, the student, the leaders, yeah. It is whatever they do, whatever they do, that eventually translates to you know, um, attracting you know, investors and all, or everyone else. So it goes back to my previous point of um, it has started and we did we were started. It goes back to my previous point of starting a building a solution here, not just targeting targeting the community. You understand? Let it transcend to to states. Yeah, let it transcend to. And we have stakeholders that even want that community that could be of help. People like Oni of Ife. If we can, if we can leverage that, you know, that, um, that opportunity. Yeah. But the point still remains that these guys are only interested in whatever. It's like planting a seed. Yeah, nobody sees the seed when it's buried. But as it begins to grow. Yeah, people start like, man, this thing is growing and until it starts bearing fruits, then you see a lot of people plucking them. And that's the way it was. There's no shortcuts to it. So um, it is very, very important that we um, can, can build stuff. And also, if we can have like a platform that bridge the gap between the students and us, or the way that we have left or other alumni. Don't worry, there's a plan, there's a plan for that on this project. Don't worry, you'll be informed. <laughs> okay, that, that's fine. So, um, yeah, another thing is the alumni association, you know, people that have actually picked some. There are a lot of people that can do stuff you know, for, the, for the system. In fact, these people are more reachable. I talked about you know, talking to people that are reachable, that understands your, your passion. The government may not understand your passion. The government may just be there for the profits, you understand? But people like us, people like, you know, people that have built um, only of campus child, like those guys, Nyonapa, Kunle Ajayi, and all those people. If there's um, a bridge in that gap between the guys that are there right now, and it, it really makes it, it really make sense. Yeah. So back to your question of you know, trying to create for change, not necessarily for profit. 
you need people that are really passionate about this thing, people that understand the system, yeah, people that understand the system. Just, I'm happy you said you're already working on that. Try to bridge that gap between the people that are there and people that are left that understand the system. Yeah, by that, you are able to, that interaction, naturally something will come out from, from that relationship, from that interaction. It's very, 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 very important. Yeah. Take, in terms of um, technology, like if you're starting a technology company, there are a lot of guys that are, some are in Estonia right now, some are in Germany, people like Pago um, um, Walio Yedino, there are a lot of them here in Estonia. Kakash, Kayade, like if you can connect that bridge, I mean, if you can connect the gap between those guys and those guys that are currently in OE, because they have left OE, they understand that system, they started it, they will be willing to go interact with it. And I'm very, very sure that something great will come from that, you know, from that interaction. I'm just um, There are a lot of OAU guys, great OAU guys doing well out there, honestly. Um, Wally Wadino is working for Amazon. Okay, we have guys, there are a lot of guys here that they are working for you know, great transfer wise companies. Like, so it's very, very, if we can preach um, that gap, something will come out of it. All right. Thank you so much, Tolu. Um, We're right on time with even two more minutes to spare. Thank you so much. You've been an amazing guest. Thank you for, for um, you know, contributing your efforts to inspiring that young people take a, an active role in defining the future of Africa. So thank you so much for joining in. Yeah, it's been an amazing time. So I'll provide um, this video to you so I can always access it anytime on the venture. Thank you. Thanks so much. All right, then. So if you've had an amazing time with Tolu, please let him know in the comment section so that um, he can feel the love. We can know that you are listening in and you've been inspired. Right. So thank you. And so I'll, 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 I would like to add one last thing. Yeah, this is just an um, after, um, last word, yeah, that instead of trying to be or um, trying to ask what you want to be after you graduate, why not just ask for the problem you want to solve? Awesome. Right yeah. Mm, yeah. So don't wait till then. Solve the problem. Start now and solve this problem. And I wish you all all the best. Yeah, I can't hear you. You're muted. <laughs> okay. I said, I said, awesome, you know, it was one of the same things that we discussed um, during the publications, right, of um, starting now, right, and instead of, instead, of, instead of saying, you know, what do I want to become or what do I want to do after school, look into, you know, your local problems and ask what can I do about these problems now. So as leaders um, on, this, on this program, on the Ventures Matrix Leaders Program, we should be inspiring change by inspiring people who we know are talented and are smart and can create to start solving problems. Right, so don't worry, um, we're going to take most of the things you said into actual consideration and implement them because these leaders are going to take what they've learned and then by next month when we start the policy advocacy campaign and the nationwide campaign, they are the ones that will drive these campaigns with all of these things that they've learned from you today. So thank you so much for providing us with this information and insights. Um, it has been very impactful. Yeah. All right. Enjoy, guys. Bye.
Yeah, bye. <laughs>